Welcome to Midweek. Woo! Give yourselves a round of applause for yes. being here. It's great to take time out of your life to invest in your spiritual life. It really is. But let me pray for us before we begin the worship, and um, then we'll, we'll do the worship. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for um, everyone that is here and everyone that is on their way. I pray that you keep everyone safe as they uh, travel here and that they're able to find parking and all of that stuff. But I, I pray, God, that uh, tonight's uh, gathering can really be edifying to uh, not only us, but also glorifying to you. So I, I pray that uh, our hearts are open, uh, our ears are ready to listen to whatever it is you uh, would like to communicate to us. Uh, please be with the worship today. Uh, help us uh, to shake off the day and uh, just be ready to receive uh, uh, whatever it is you have planned for us to receive. <laughs> but uh, we love you, Father, and it's in your Son's name we give thanks and praise. Amen.
Let's give it up for God. No matter what season we're in, no matter what type of day we had, um, whether it's a good one, whether it's a pretty chill day, or whether it's a tough season, um, no matter how bad it gets, we've seen God work. We, we know that God's not done with us, which is really great. There's hope that God is going to work on our behalf. And we get to pray and sing about this song, about the fact that God has done it in our lives before, and that we'll see him do it again.
scripture that I've that's been on my heart for a while now it's in 2nd Corinthians 12 9 10 I'm hoping it'll be on the screen um, perfect um, and this is uh, Paul talking to the Lord and then the Lord talking to him uh, about his thorn and it said each time he said to me my grace is all you need my power works best in weakness so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and trouble. That I suffer for Christ, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. And just to think about that, because a lot of time society will tell you, you got to put a strong face, right? You can't let anybody see you sweat, what they say, right? And it's crazy because God works best when we are the weakest. So we don't have to pretend to anybody. We could actually be honest. And that's why I love being able to come in here on a midweek and being able to share, listen to a great lesson, but then at the end, be able to share in groups of how our life is and be real. We're not playing church. We're not phony church, but we're living church the way the Bible talks about it. So as we're thinking about that, thinking that when we start trying to put up a front or when we're trying to be stronger we're actually taking power away from God because he works best through our weakness and that the battle is not over and ultimately the battle is won by Christ and our weapons obviously are singing and prayer and that's why I love this song when the fight calls because we're able to take part in that with God as he fights for us we're able to sing we're able to sing through the fire sink through every single type of storm that's going through our lives some of them that they don't look like they're a favorable result or at least favorable in our eyes so just being able to know that all of this every single thing is for god's glory including our praise our suffering and our weakness
I'll walk through the fire and not be burned. Pray in the fight and watch your turn. Jesus, tonight I give it all to you. One more time. I won't let the storm run through my heart. alive in you and I'll Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this family, Father, um, that we are just able to have a, a place to come and worship you, God, and uh, sing and boast about our weakness, Father, and our strength in you and not our strength in ourselves, Father. Um, I pray that you are with us tonight and that you are with the lesson that is taught. Um, amen. Thank you guys very, very much. Okay, um, so uh, we are going to start a belonging exercise. Please stand. Are you guys ready? I'm telling you, belonging takes practice. See, Pandora's already stretching, getting ready for this, yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it takes efforts, takes intentionality. Belonging doesn't just happen. Okay, so now here's what you're going to do. Here are the rules. Number one, you cannot use words. <laughs> Half the room was like, oh, that's good. All right, that's the first rule. No words. Number two, no physical touch. I'm getting some attitude over here from, uh, I think that's Karen Thomas. I'll address that later. Uh, okay, so no words. No physical touch, but right now, show two people in this room that you are so happy they are here tonight. Good luck. Uh, you guys look hilarious. Okay, so go ahead and have a seat. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't even know if that counts as an icebreaker. Everyone's like, it, it felt like it's not complete. All right. Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, let's go back to our old way. So if you want to stand up and hug somebody right now, please go ahead. All right, go for it. I do stand corrected. It was Lillian that was complaining about my, uh, about my rules. So I will have a little chat with her after midweek. Okay. All right, so we, uh, I think we have a really uh, wonderful night ahead of us. Uh, however, we do have uh, something special that we need to hear about, and is Sophia Thur in the house? Oh, here she is. Come on up. All right. Sophia, now you can choose to use the mic, or you can use the catch box. You don't know what the catch box is? No. Oh my gosh, who's, who studied the Bible with you? No, just kidding. No, catch box is our new thing that we can throw around the room and you basically talk into it just like a regular, we talk into it just like a regular microphone. So you get to pick. I'll do the catch box. Oh, what good choice. Okay, can you guys hear me? Okay, so I don't know if a lot of you guys have gotten my emails yet or in the past, but 
For my Girl Scout Gold Award, I am actually doing a environmental, environmentally based um, project, and I've been doing one to two cleanups each month from the beginning of January until now, and I'm actually having my last cleanup after church on May 26th. So it would just be awesome if like a lot of you guys could come and support because the biggest turnout I've had is 12 people and that's including my mom and I. So if we can have like 20 to 30 people come out, it's just right after church at two to four. So you can like get lunch. So you, there's like no excuse, right? Just get lunch and then you can come back and um, we're gonna be cleaning up Panorama City. Um, if we have enough people, we'll probably go on both sides of the street. But um, if I could just like get the whole community together, that'd be great and just have everyone come together to clean where we have church. And I just think it would be awesome. Yeah. I concur. Thank you. Great job. I'm telling you, man, next generation right there. I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. Okay, so uh, now it's not, we're not done yet, people. There's even more. I plead, I want to introduce Derek Hinton, who has something very special to introduce. All right, so I want to introduce to you someone very special. Uh, her name is Danny Claypool. Would you mind coming up here? All right, so we're going to be doing a two-minute transfer, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this. That's for you. Are you prepared? No. Okay. That's perfect. All right. So uh, would you mind doing the uh, two-minute timer? Oh, you have it? Awesome. Look at that. We belong. <laughs> All right, so uh, let me know when we could go. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so what is your name? Danielle Claypool. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, when were you baptized? April 11th, 2000. And, no, April 9th, 2011. Nice. I do know. <laughs> awesome. And then uh, what ministry are you coming from? Uh, Temecula. All right, Temecula. Yeah. All right. And um, what's your favorite musician? Oh, gosh. Um, at the moment, Leon Bridges. Really okay. Like Good stuff. And then um, what's your favorite miracle from the Old Testament? Um, parting the Red Sea. Yes, that's a, that's a great one. Um, if you could live in any book of the Bible, which book would you want to live in? Um, live in. This is going to take the whole two minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's uh, totally cool. Yeah, probably Luke. Luke, all right. Yeah. Cool stuff. And then um, what action hero best represents you? Oh, none of them. But um, <laughs> I really like my favorite uh -huh. super person is... Batman, I really like Yes, yeah. Batman's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then uh, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Lord of the Rings. All right. What's the second thing you would do if you won a million dollars? The second thing? Because we know the first thing you're going to do is give to God. Right? Um, I think that's what the question is referring to. I'd probably, I'd just travel. Travel, I love it, yeah. I love it. 
And then uh, after the Bible, what book has influenced you the most? The most? Um, there's several. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, one that I... Gosh, I really liked Augustine's Confession. All right, I like it. And then last question, I know the two minute is over, but can you sing? Do you, can you sing? I really enjoy singing. Oh, that's cool. Would you mind singing for us? Yeah, I would mind. Awesome, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, your sister's transferring over Danny. And here's David Bruce. I was about to fire Derek on the spot. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, that was awesome. Okay, so uh, I know that a lot of the moms were encouraged on Sunday by some statistics that I shared. So I figured, you know, if it worked on Sunday, it'll work a little further on, uh, on midweek. So uh, here are some bonuses from... Uh, Oh, do you see it? Oh, great. Okay. So uh, where teens get the support, I think we looked at this. Encouragement. Mom's one, right? Here's one I didn't show you on Sunday. Sympathy. Now, by the way, I know dads don't look good in these stats. However, I would disagree. I, I bet our stats would look very different in our Turning Point community. This is sort of more a broad sort of overview of, uh, of teenagers. It's, but if, our, but if we are that low, women, pray for us. Because men need to step up in all these areas, in my opinion. So I'm just saying, I'm speaking for the guys. Okay, uh, when they need advice. Wow, mom is, look at that. Mom's like at 98%. That is amazing. I usually tell my daughter to talk to God first, or Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But some people choose their mom. That's okay. Uh, just kidding. That was a bad joke. Okay, who do teens talk to? Um, who are they likely to talk to with this member of their household or extended household about questions about faith? Moms are still just way up there. What's second place? Dad. And third place? Grandparents. Come on, grandparents. By the way, grandparents are really high on a lot of these questions. So anyway. And by the way, the only reason I'm bringing this up tonight, I'm not trying to extend Mother's Day, but I just want to say personally, belonging to this community since 1991 god has blessed me with many older men in my life that have provided fathering much fathering that i did not have necessarily uh, in my biological relationship so i just feel like the same thing applies to the women in this room uh, please please understand that you know anything that's gone on in the past god wants to bless you now with very important people in your life. I'm just saying, give them a chance. I have a, a brother that I've known for 22 years, and to this day, we still meet at least once a month for coffee, and I consider him like a dad to me. He's the person I can always talk to and just get out whatever I need to talk about and be heard, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Tonight, after midweek, I'm calling this other guy. He's more like a grandpa to me who's in the faith. So I'm just saying, these are the relationships that we need to make sure that we're looking for. Don't just stay in your little small group. Make sure that you're nurturing those types of relationships, okay? All right. Uh, if something bothers you, 
mom, and then second place is friend, okay? And then I just gave you this one for fun. Uh, Teens one-on-one time with various household members. Uh, And just look at the different options. Eat meals together. It's kind of close there, right? Mom, dad, and grandpa. Uh, We watch TV or movies together. We have fun together. And look at the bottom one. We talk about God and faith. So, ladies, you have a very special role in the role of our community. So thank you very much. This gives, again, let's give all the women a hand. Okay, so uh, midweeks, we're, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking a little bit about the lesson on Sunday, but we're going to see a, a connection to um, how the story, or the, I'm sorry, the principle from Sunday service is uh, seen in the story of one of the New Testament churches, okay? And uh, the thing we talked about on Sunday was, uh, we started off at this point, even in the presence of suffering, there can be love and belonging. Is that true? Has anyone experienced that before? Have you ever been through a hard time, right, some suffering, and yet you still manage to understand and connect with love and belonging? God does that. God doesn't say, oh, you're in a hard time, I'll catch up with you later. God always is trying to provide that for us. Now, uh, I'm doing kind of the midweek tonight, so could we guess which church I chose to talk about tonight? Come on, what would be my favorite church? Philippi, people? Of course, the Philippians, man. That's right. You guys are good. Thank you. I feel known. I feel loved. Okay. So let's look at this. So we've talked about on Sunday these questions, right, that kids ask, and then you grow up and you ask the same questions. Am I loved? Right? And can I get my own way? Does anyone still ask those questions? Okay, man. All of you are lying right now. It's just just sad. But anyway, we all ask these questions. We're always thinking, wondering it. Am I loved? And is midweek going to be the way that I want tonight? You know, is my job going to be the way I want tomorrow? Is my boss going to talk to me the way I want? I mean, is my, is my kid going to behave the way that I want? We filter so many things through that question. But I want us to look at the situation in Philippi, how it is remarkably connected with that dilemma. Okay? First of all, Philippians 1, verse 7. Now, verses 2 through 6, Paul basically just lauds bunches of praise, and I love you guys so much. He says, I pray with joy when I pray about you. Do you you pray for anyone with joy? That's a good thing. It's a good thing when you're praying about somebody and there's joy in praying about that person. But then he kind of starts explaining some things. And in verse 7, he starts to say, it is right for me to feel this way. In other words, it's, it's right for me to feel love and joy and excitement about you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. It's interesting. Paul levels everyone in the church. There's not weak and strong. There's not the talented, the not so talented. 
There's not the committed, not so committed. He says, you know what? Wherever you are, I know one thing about you. You are in God's grace, just like me. Isn't that cool? That, that would really help us, right? If you went to church and the only thing you thought about everybody was, oh, got God's grace, got God's grace, got God's grace. If that's how we looked at people, like we don't look at them horizontally, but we looked at everybody vertically. Oh, with God, with God. Oh, God loves them. Oh, they're gods. If that's how we thought, I think it would drastically change how we engage and how we belong to one another. Because truly that is why we belong. It's this connection that makes us belong. Does that make sense? He goes on. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, being imprisoned, being in jail, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. You'd think this guy had read Philippians 4.8 or something. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy, but whatever. So now I want you to know that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Interesting. He's in a dire situation. I don't think he woke up and said, hey, I really, really don't want to be in jail today. I really want to get my way today. I don't want to be in jail. Or I really want to get my way today, and I want to be able to go to that church and really encourage it and connect with them. No. Just because I'm suffering, just because I'm in circumstances that I would rather not be in, I am loved. And I belong. Now, here's the thing. Um... The reason Paul is trying to explain to them that being in prison is not a problem is because there was an issue and some confusion as to why is Paul in jail? Because, and here's why there was a confusion. Do you remember this story in Acts 16? In Acts 16, Paul is in jail, okay? And it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Does anyone know what city that jail was in? Philippi. So everybody in Philippi knows something. They know, hey man, if you're in jail, God has the ultimate get out of jail free card. He shakes things up, and you're free, right? So Philipp, all the Philippians had this story in their mind, like, oh, we know how God works. Oh, yeah, 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 if you're in jail, oh, man, don't worry. God is all-powerful. God is amazing, and he, actually, he'll not only liberate you, the prison guard will be so scared and so shaken by this, he's going to want to hurt himself, and then you can stop it, study the Bible with him, and baptize him and his whole family. That's what happened, right? Remember the guard? Great story, and everyone remembered that. But then all of a sudden, wait a minute. Now, did you hear Paul's in jail? 
And did you hear that this epistle is coming today? And we're going to hear it for the first time. The, the epistle is coming into our city. And we're going to actually read a letter that Paul wrote in jail. In verse 14, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. I want to highlight one word that I never, ever saw until yesterday. Most. Most people get it. That there are times in life when things do not go your way and God is still all-powerful and God still loves you and you still belong. That's what most people thought. But there were still some who were scratching their heads going, whoa, 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 hold on. Wow, is Paul really with God? Because he's in jail. How, well, how, can, how can God be with him if God is letting him stay in jail? Because we know how God works. Whenever there's a difficulty, he shakes the ground and the earth, and your troubles go away. Do you see the dilemma they had? But Paul was saying, guys, no. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life, whether I'm in a good situation or I'm in a tough situation, got a break, or if I'm in a tough situation and there is no break coming up soon, my joy is still my joy. My joy is not dependent on my circumstances because I'm free, because I belong. I belong to God. I belong to people in that city of Philippi that I haven't been in. I haven't been there for years, but I still belong to them. And it's that same belonging that God wants us to have with each other. Because of this, we have this. So I want to invite a very special person to come and share some thoughts about this whole idea of um, not, always, not always getting things our way. And I want to invite Kim Upton. Well, thank you, David, for asking me to share tonight. And I'm trying not to take offense at the fact that David had to think, who could I imagine would struggle with not getting her way? Oh, Kim. So thank you. <laughs> I think you. <laughs> um, but one of my earliest memories at my fourth or fifth year old birthday party that my parents had worked hard to throw for me. I remember throwing a tantrum. It was a fun party, lots of presents coming my way, lots of friends that were there to celebrate with me. But when the time came at the end of the party to say goodbye and all the goodie bags were passed out to the guests and I didn't get one, I threw a fit. I threw a fit. And the tantrum I threw was so epic that I remember it to this day, even as young as that was, with some discipline from my dad, some long talks, being sent to my room. And 
Fast forward five years later, and my parents come to me telling me that they are going to get a divorce. I couldn't have it my way. Nothing I could do, no behavior I could perfect, no way to reconcile the pain in my parents' marriage that they had brought to each other. Though that little girl prayed and wished and dreamed of her parents making up and us being a happy family, it was not to be. I think this memory and the realization of my not having things go my way in life with family moves, relationship pain, college and job challenges, these all have shown me that I really can't have it my way. I think I've come to understand the incredible power that believing God has me in his pocket and in his plan have given me. It's been incredible to see that I've always been that little girl who wants it all. But in looking back to my life of now nearly six decades, perhaps it's the gift of reflection and perspective that have been so empowering. I think I've realized that though things don't go as I wanted or had in my plans, it was according to God's plan. In planning to get my degree in nutrition science and become a registered dietitian, it wasn't my desire to be given three autoimmune diseases. Honestly, my plan was to help my mom overcome her struggles in her fight with type 1 diabetes and the challenges that come with that. How was I to know that years later, at age 28 and then at age 36, that I myself would contract celiac disease and type 1 diabetes and hypothyroid disease? How ironic that I gained my degree to help my mom but now have been strengthened through this knowledge and experiences to help myself, my family, and others to accept and navigate these challenges. When Jesus knelt in the garden and begged his father to be released from his suffering, he probably knew ultimately this was not going to be. Luke 12, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, not, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. God has been so patient with me, and yet I knew that the story he was writing me was one that was not showing me how forgotten I was, but instead how beloved and believed in by him that I am. True surrender and trust has brought me incomprehensible peace and joy. It does begin with the belief that his ways are better than my ways. I'm grateful to not have a say in having my way anymore. Thanks. Wow. Amen. We just got blessed. Um, 
Uh, I want to share uh, something with you guys that uh, has really encouraged me uh, in the last week. I don't know if many of you are familiar with Viktor Frankl. Uh, he was a very famous um, Jewish psychologist in the 20th century, and something very unique about him is that he actually survived uh, the concentration camps uh, during World War II, and he survived that experience and then later on wrote about it, but shared some very profound things that he learned through that horrific experience of suffering. Um, and this was a very interesting formula that he, uh, he basically kind of formed, which is basically despair is when we have suffering without meaning. Suffering without meaning. And I think if we just listen very carefully to what Kim just shared, she shared many different sufferings. Yet, you did not hear Kim in despair. In fact, you heard Kim in the opposite of despair. Because I feel, as Christians, we never, ever have to suffer without meaning. God will always help you. Your community can always help you with making sure that no matter what you go through, you can get to a place where you can see or understand, okay, what, what might be getting made or produced in me through this? Or, or what, what blessing might this be now that feels incredibly un uncomfortable and painful, but what blessing in the future might this be for someone else? I think of my lowest lows as a Christian, the ones that I would never want to repeat, but man, when I look at them now, I realize those are the moments that I now bless. No question, hundreds of people. And I'm not talking about doing a lesson, or I'm, I'm talking about just conversations with people. When I'm able to talk about the toughest times that I've been through, and what I learned and what started to make sense through those things. That's how we don't get stuck in despair. We never have to be stuck in despair. I want to look at one more thing in Philippians, and then I promise I'll let us go to our groups. Um, Philippians 2, 1 through 4, and again, this I'm having a lot of weird issues with the message translation lately, but uh, just bear with me. Uh, but I, th I thought this is amazing. So here's Paul talking to Philippi, right, where there's a mixed thing, right? There's some that are all on board and like life doesn't always go your way, but there's others really doubting like, man, it doesn't go your way, then what's up? Is God really with you or is God really with me? Okay, it's, there's a mix. But then he says this, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you. If you have a heart, <laughs> he's like bending the bar real low. Do you even have a heart, people? Anyway, so you have a heart. If you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Okay, now I know, be careful. <laughs> Agree with each other. 
Now let's interpret that really carefully. So I'm right, and as long as you all agree with me, we are fulfilling Paul's edict. Thank you, Paul. No, this does not mean, you know, groupthink and, you know, we're just all zombies listening to, you know, one opinion and one idea. But it's finding and making sure you are looking for where you agree. And not focusing and just ruminating and being stuck where I don't agree with you. Does that make sense? Because I'm telling you, I think Philippi had this issue. I think that's why he's teaching this. Not because everything was wonderful and everybody got along. I think there were some tensions and some issues. That's why he's teaching them this way. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. I like that term. Deep-spirited friends friends. And notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say deep, opinionated friends. In other words, as long as we have the same deep opinion about something, we belong to each other. Be very careful. Be very careful of that. And honestly, that, that is something that can happen in our community. Well, I've got a strong opinion about this, and I got a lot of people that agree with my opinion about that. And I'm not with that group. Yike. We'll talk about 1 Corinthians later, but you, okay, that's where we gotta, we gotta be careful of this. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Wow. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Man, that is, it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough teaching, Paul. You're talking kind of strong, asking if we even have a heart. But man, this is good teaching. Th this is worth focusing on in our groups tonight, just talking about that. So I said this on Sunday. Every adult is asking at least two core questions. Am I loved and can I get my own way? I want to pose tonight this. Every disciple has answers to at least core, two core questions. Am I loved and can I get God's way? We can, right? And that's what we're here for. That is what our community is about. Every single person trying to get God's way, God's will in my life today. And then we come together and we share about it. Is this making sense? Yeah. I love you all to death. I wish you a wonderful time in your groups. You're dismissed. Thank you.